morning, if you would take your Bibles and turn to Titus chapter 2, verses uh, 3 through 5, that's where we're going to start. But we are going to look probably pretty much from the beginning to the end of the Bible, so you're probably not going to be, and I'm not going to encourage you to turn along to all the passages, because we are going to look at uh, a broad picture this morning of motherhood, of a response to it, of the responsibility of mothers. We're going to look at a lot of different things. And it all stems from a, a thought that came to me from an article I read uh, about a lady who a number of years ago, it was, I think 2007, uh, wrote a book uh, to pastors. And it was called What Women Wish Pastors Knew. And in that book, uh, the lady's name was Denise George. I, I don't know the lady at all. She did interviews with 800 Christian women. And she just asked them, tell me what you need. Tell, tell me what's going on in your life and that kind of thing. What would you like your pastor to know about Christian women? That's how it all started. And out of the research from uh, those 800 women, she wrote a book called What Women Wish Pastors Knew. And as I read the article, I realized that... Uh, She hit on a number of good points, and then I added a few more. My sermon will start a little bit on the heavier side, uh, looking at some uh, theological issues, looking at some real hurting kinds of things that women go through today, and then end up with something on the lighter side. So um, hang with me. Uh, If you're looking for some nice fluffy things there at the end, uh, the first part is a little bit heavier. But uh, this morning, what I like to... I think I hit the wrong button. Hang on a second. Todd, what happened to my screen? Okay, it wasn't me. Good. Okay, now there we go. Thanks, Todd. There we go. Uh, There are a number of... uh, This is my sermon outline, so you know where I'm going. Number one, women said, we're hurting. We need help. Number two, they said, we're somewhat starving spiritually. They're telling us the pastors, remember that. Women want men to be spiritual leaders. And then I add the last two. Women, moms, and you'll see that as I go along, are more than maids and cooks. And women want emotional connections, and the rest of that goes from the men in their lives. And I'll tell you what, I've heard those last two over and over again in counseling. That's why I added them. Because those are the kinds of things that I hear. The middle one is probably the one I hear the most. Why won't my husband take spiritual leadership in our home? So I want to challenge you guys. You'll get blasted on that one. And you'll get blasted on the last one, but in a fun way. Okay? Let's just do it that way. So let's look at what is going on. Uh, Number one, moms, women are hurting deeply and they need help. I, do, I can hardly believe what I see around me today, including in churches. I hope Garden Chapel never does some of the things I'm talking about. But think about this. In our society, marriage is under attack. And if marriage, and nobody seems to know, I know, and I believe you know, the definition of a marriage. But the world acts like they don't know what marriage is anymore. They don't know how many people are involved. They don't know what genders are involved. They don't know that it's um, a commitment for a lifetime. They they don't know a lot of things anymore. I'll tell you what, when I started out 24 years ago as a pastor, and even before that, I, I never thought I would hear these kinds of things. 
But if you're a woman, can you imagine? I can't imagine. So I, I know some of you can. It's like, okay, so who am I? Whether you're a married woman or unmarried, whether you're a mom or not, you know, how should I see the world anymore? Because marriage is under attack. And motherhood is under attack. Domestic duties, whatever, a domestic goddess, if you will, and us guys ought to recognize that, is that our, our wives, our mothers do so much that they get so little credit for. And now society as a whole is saying, you know what, that's not really important. Put your family duties on hold, get a career. I am not, anti, this is not about working women or anything. That's not my sermon this morning at all. We can talk about that for a whole sermon. That's not my sermon. My sermon is this, is that you are being told as a whole that if you're a mom, and especially a stay-at-home mom, you are wasting your life because it's not really important. I got to tell you, that kind of thinking has ended up with the generation of young people who don't know which end is up. And we wonder where it starts. I've got to tell you, if you have been a stay-at-home mom and you have done your job and you've made domestic things a priority, whether you worked or not, but you made that your biggest priority, I've got to tell you, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Because, and your kids and your grandkids will thank you also. Because you probably have kids that have learned and they have grown in fact, as in Titus chapter 2, where I've asked you to turn, it says there that the older women are to be, um, you know, treated with respect and those kinds of things, uh, and they are to be respectful in their behavior. And they're not to be malicious gossips or enslaved to wine, but they are to teach what is good. If you're an older lady, and I will not, for the sake of my sanity and what I'll get afterwards, define what older means... Um, if you have some experience and you are mature, how's that? I'll get me off the hook. See, now I'm telling you you're experienced and mature. But if you're experienced and mature, you have something to offer younger women. I challenge you older ladies, especially older moms, please don't keep it to yourself and say, I'm done with this and um, you know what I've learned I'm going to keep to myself. Please. I don't care if it's your daughters, your daughter-in-laws, or other young ladies in the, the neighborhood or from the church. Or, please use your experience. I know Missy tries to do that on Sunday nights, and she has various ladies come and, and you know, do those kinds of things. And we have other ladies' classes that do that. And I, I pray that we will always, as a church, do that. But it says, this is what the older ladies are doing. Notice it doesn't say pastors and husbands. It says the older women to encourage the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children. Notice, that doesn't always come naturally. It gets pretty difficult to love your husband at times when he's busy doing uh, the things that are required to bring home a paycheck and whatever else. I know it's real difficult to love children at times when they are just being cantankerous at two-year-olds and they're rebellious about everything and you think it's over, and then they turn 12, and then you go through it again, only they're older now. I understand that gets pretty difficult at times. How do you deal with it? How do you face it? How do you see it? It says, ladies that are more mature and have more experience, you should be able to help out in those directions. So I encourage you to do that. Older moms, older ladies, help the younger ones. And what are they supposed to do besides that? 
teach them and help them to be sensible, pure workers at home. Notice it doesn't say they must be a stay-at-home mom or they can't ever have a job, but it says their priority is their family, their home. And it it says to be kind, being subject to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be dishonored. I like the way the Apostle Paul put that. He said, because if we're not doing the things at home that we should be doing, it's not only uh, personal but it says the word of God is dishonored. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty heavy statement. I told you we're going to start heavy. That's a pretty heavy statement. That if we're not doing these types of things as a, as a, as a mom, the word of God is dishonored. I've got to tell you as a pastor, if you're not doing your job as parents as a whole, and moms in particular this morning, uh, it's very, very difficult to do our job as a church. Very, very difficult because we're running against society and then against what's happening at home. So I encourage you, this is important. But it doesn't stop there because um, I can't imagine, I I couldn't have had imagined a, a number of years ago that we'd be in a society where abortion, bearing children is something that is looked at as, it's an option. You can do whatever you want and without the consequences of it. Uh, putting your life on hold, have a career first and have children later. And uh, my observation of that, and this is personal, um, is oh, that's, a, that's a difficult one because you, you've got to change the whole new life. Put it this way, if you want a career, wait till your kids are, are raised and then you can do whatever you want. Not add whatever you want, but you can go all kinds of directions at that point. I, that's, my, that's my personal opinion. And uh, just being and being kind of shown and kind of told in all kinds of ways that just being a mom is a waste of time. You know, let the babysitters do it. Let the schools do it. Let somebody else, let the church do it. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And men, I'll tell you what, when you're doing the budget, make sure that you look at it and say, hey, I will do whatever I need to do to be able to raise this family on my salary so my wife is free to spend her time with the family. So she is not bogged down with a hundred other things just trying to make it. But a lot of times we spend money and then we say, well, we have to do this. And uh, we put our noose around our neck. I'm just telling guys, please, please look in that direction. And it says in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says there, uh, it, it talks a lot about women and their place in the church and those types of things, but it ends with this. But women shall be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. The whole purpose of that statement is that there is significance. In fact, is the ultimate significance comes from raising children for women. Doesn't mean there aren't other significant things in your life. Like being a wife. I didn't say mother, wife. Like having an input into the society and the church that you attend and all those types of things. That's all. There's a place for that and I'll show you that in a few moments. But the priority is what I'm looking at this morning. It says significance. They will be preserved And that has that concept. They will have their major contribution 
to this world, to this society, to this church, to this family by their interaction with their children. But it's not just, okay, I did my job, but it says if they continue, and this is talking about the women, I believe, if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. It's not like, okay, I did my job and I'll do whatever I want to do. That is not it either. It's not women's lib, you can do whatever you want just as long as you get your kids out of 12th grade. You know, that's not what it's talking about. There's a lot more to it than that. But God's design, women and only women can do this, is to bear children and raise them. We'll talk about the father's role. In fact, in Psalm 113 verse 9, it says, He makes the barren woman abide in the house as a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. That is a joy. I know. I just talked to my daughter, Amy, who had their second kid, and uh, she said labor was not exactly a picnic. And she had some words that I'm not going to use up here. They weren't bad words, but, well, I'll tell you what she said. She said, if, this, if hell is anything like this, nobody wants to go there. How's that? Um, <clears throat> and and it's, it's a tough thing. But at this point, she's no longer there anymore. I have to tell you, and this goes to the husbands and the men of the congregation, husbands and fathers who are obsessed by other things, starting with themselves, is what about me? Folks, in in my office, I, I, I would like to take every guy who just thinks it's about him and just shake the living daylights out of them. Because, and that's what I deal with on an ongoing, regular basis. Men who only think about themselves. Guys, please don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you're a grandparent and you're done raising your kids and all that kind of stuff, please, as a grandfather, show by your example to the the women of your life that they are important. You're not the center of the universe. I realize God's role. That's not what I'm talking about. Again, talking priorities here. That others, I see men absorbed in all kinds of things that aren't bad, like sports and entertainment and their job and and those types of things. But I see men obsessed with pornography and all that kind of stuff that just totally takes their mind, their heart, their, their, their time away from supporting the moms and the women in their lives. It's just wrong. God has made it very clear, guys, you have been given a headship role, whether it's here at the church, and I praise the Lord on a regular basis that Garden Chapel has men who will step up to the plate and be spiritual leaders. And I pray that that is the, the experience that their wives and whoever else it is in, in their family see them taking the spiritual leadership in their home. And unfortunately, lots of women have taken over the spiritual leadership of their homes, and it's not because they want to. It's because by default, they're like, I'm not going to let this family, I'm not going to let this household go down to be pagan uh, because my wife won't do it. And so they will step up simply because their husband won't. And I'm just telling you, I don't care if you're grandfather today, please be a spiritual leader. Don't sit back and just say, well, you know, it'll happen anyway, regardless of whether I do it or not. In Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about children obeying their parents and honoring their parents. And I want to let you know this right now. Is the term honor simply means to value. 
That never changes for a lifetime. As long as your parents are alive, and the memory after that, is we are to honor them, treat them as valuable. Uh, it's been interesting. I've had the, the, I'll call it a privilege, of seeing my wife go through the, the demise of both of her parents. And I saw what she did. And I can, I can point to my wife and say, she did the right thing. She was there for them to help them through, to visit with them, to take them, you know, to doctor's appointments and visit and all those kinds of things. I saw that. To me, that's impressive. I hope my kids saw that. So that someday maybe they'll do the same for us. No, I'm just kidding about that. But no, that's how we learn by example, right? That's what we do. And I believe that's what we need to uh, keep in mind. But it ends with this. And fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Starts out with parents and says, hey, dads, hey, husbands, you know what? You need to make sure you make that the priority. You need to make sure that you take the lead in that direction. I believe women also are hurting because they have thankless families. Mm. That's Mother's Day. I'm, whoever put Mother's Day together, I thank them for doing that because it forces us as parents and I hope as, as men in general and children to recognize that uh, it's very easy to take for granted what the women in our lives do for us. It absolutely is. In fact is, I have to tell you, I, I was negligent and I think it's for the last three years now. And I did it last night at, at, at 9.30 or 9 o'clock, I'm sorry. I knew couldn't do it too much later than that. My mom would be in bed. But I called my mom and wished her happy Mother's Day. And she's, oh, you don't have to do that. That's my mom in case you don't know her. That's what she'll do. But you know what? It took me all those years to realize, you know what? My parents are 80s. You know, it's about time that I step up and recognize their value and their input into my life. And I do the same thing with my dad now. That was at the encouragement of my wife. You know, so guys, you know, even if your wife doesn't do it, I'm encouraging you to do those kinds of things now. But we need to. In fact, is in Proverbs chapter 31, starting at verse 28, it says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also. He praises her. And it goes on to say what he says, and that's not my point this morning. But we need to, not simply in our heart be thankful, but we need to let it be known. Notice it is they rise up and bless her. He praises her. And praises are not something that's done in your mind, in your heart, in your attitude. Because, it, I mean, I know you, we can praise God that way. But praises, by and large, when you look in the Bible, are something that's outward. Let them know. Because that's important that we do that. Uh, <clears throat> in Matthew chapter 15, and I'll just uh, make a passing reference here. Uh, there were people who were following man's rules. And they said, well, uh, uh, Jesus reminded them and said to honor your mother and father. And uh, he who uh, speaks evil of mother and father shall be put to death. I mean, it was really serious under the law. You know, if you curse your parents... You can get a death sentence. But these religious leaders were saying, you know what? It's okay. You can take whatever should be given to your parents and say, you know what? I don't have to give it to my parents. I don't need to pay back because I dedicated this to God. And they 
shirk their responsibility. And Jesus said, as a result of that, and it's a scathing, scathing uh, statement. He says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. Now, you would think he'd be talking about some great theology when he said that. And that is good theology. But the context is saying, I'm not going to use my resources to help my parents. And he says, you have taken what God has said and you put man's thoughts in there. I can shirk my responsibility. I have to tell you, they're the ones that took responsibility for you. As someone said, well, what if, what if my mother isn't the ideal mother from Proverbs 31 or any place else in the Bible? What if the wicked witch of the West looks like a saint compared to my mother? What do I do? The answer was, do you still wear diapers? Obviously, she potty trained you. So get with it, you know? You know, look at the good things. And I have to tell you, you may not be able to rise up and bless and and praise your mother for everything that she's done. But what she has done, look for those things and be thankful for those things. That is what I would encourage you this morning. There is no perfect mother. But those things that they have done right. By the way, they brought you into this world. That itself is worth praising. And all the mothers said, yeah, amen, thank you. Because uh, that's pretty horrendous to start with. And it's pretty important because you wouldn't even be here. One other thing. The passage in uh, 1 uh, Timothy chapter 5, it's uh, talking about honoring widows. And it says there that those that are children or grandchildren of a a widow in this case, so she obviously was a mother, uh, let them first learn to practice piety or godliness toward their own family and to make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable in the sight of God. And it says, if anyone will not provide for his own family. And I know that's talking particularly to the males in the family, but the context says it's everyone, including children and grandchildren. It says that they're worse. They've denied the faith and faith, and they're worse than an unbeliever. Wow. I tell you what, when it comes to this parent stuff and this mother stuff, the Bible doesn't pull any punches. It takes it very seriously. It's kind of a test of, do you really believe what you say you believe? That's the kind of thing that it comes down to, two times in a row. The second thing that we can look at is that moms are starving spiritually. They're neglected spiritually. I pray that we never do that here at Garden Chapel. I do believe that we have a number of things that that help to deal with this, and I I pray that we always will. And I'm just going to go over for a couple of seconds, you know, what I talked about a little bit earlier, that we need to make sure that we give some priority to the women's ministries, that they are involved in ministry, and not just, okay, they can take care of the kids and, and and teach the children. They do a great job of that. But that they are involved in everything that the Bible says that they should be involved in. And that we recognize their, their talents and their gifts and their, their spiritual abilities and continue to encourage them to use them in the proper way. And sometimes not all women are good at one thing or the other, that we help 
to make sure that women are at the proper place in ministry. Uh, not all are the same, and we need to make sure that we equip them, point them in the right direction, pray for them, and help them to find their place in ministry. And if you're struggling with that, please talk to me, because I've, I've, I believe I've helped a number of people in the past, and I have some resources you can use to help you kind of find your direction, uh, so that not only are you taught, because we do have a number of opportunities in that direction, and I hope we'll continue to do that, but also to be able to live those things out uh, here at the church and in the community. The third thing, and this is one I want to harp on because it's a, a, a passion of mine, I believe, is that women want men to be strong spiritual leaders, not only in the home and with their children, but also in the churches. And I have to tell you that um, we're a privileged church because when you look around at the church today, you'll see it's filled with women and children. Nothing, nothing wrong with women and children coming to church. But where are the husbands? Where are the ones who are taking the lead? In fact, is we're at the point, and this is a theological problem, but uh, the Bible's very clear that the leadership in the home, as well as the church, is male leadership. doesn't mean women don't have very, very valuable and important jobs and ministries. But the leadership is to be taken by the men. And the men have bailed. And now we have women pastors and women spiritual leaders. And uh, I'm not saying they don't do a good job. That is not the issue. The issue is that's not God's plan. That's the only one. It's not that they're not capable. But that's not what God has designed them to do. That is not his role for them. And, that, and men have just stepped back and said, yeah, well, if they're going to take over, I don't have to do anything, so I can go play golf. Or I can go do whatever. I can sit home and watch TV instead of studying to get prepared to lead my family and to lead the church. Uh, we just need to understand that. In fact, as men, there is one verse that should hit you like none other. If it doesn't, um, turn on your hearing aid. That's all I can say. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says that the women are to keep silent in the church, and you know people get all uptight about that. Uh, but here's what it says in verse 35 in that context. And if they desire to learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. Whoa. Guys, do you hear what that says? Your wives should be able to come to you when they have spiritual questions, when they need answers of how to live life, how to apply biblical principle, how to know information. They should be able to come to you, and you should be able to give them answers. By the way, you say, well, I'm no theologian. I don't know everything. But if you are in the Word of God and you are studying even a little bit, you will know. And if you don't know, here's what I would encourage you. This is what I do every week. When I don't know an answer to something, you know what I do? I research it biblically and whatever else I need to do to come up with a good answer. That's how I learn. I, long before I was a pastor, that's what I did. And I would encourage you, men, you need to step up. Be a spiritual leader. Don't have women leadership and then say, well, they're taking over. And by default, you have handed it over to them because they have desires. They want to see things go forward. But if you won't take the lead, somebody's got to fill the gap. 
It should not be a gap there. You should be taking the leadership. Uh, and I just encourage you that that is what our wives need. That's what our mothers need. Men who will take the leadership. And, and guys, if you're grandparents and you see gaps, please step up. Don't, don't just go, oh, this next generation, they're a mess. Step up, please, please, please step up. If you see the community and you see families without spiritual leadership, please reach out. Please be available. At the church, when you see a need, please be available. That's what our women, that's what our wives, that's what our mothers desire. doesn't mean they're less valuable. It simply means they need to play, they need to be in the role that God designed them to be, and you need to carry yours out. And the only way they can uh, fulfill their role is when we carry out our role. Moms are more than uh, maids and cooks. Um, Obviously, the Word of God is very clear that uh, mothers, uh, in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, it says, uh, Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Most of what we learned, the manners we have and our ABCs and a whole lot of other things, who taught us? Our mothers. I always said my mom tried to teach me manners. I just never learned. But uh, you know what? Our mothers are normally our first teachers, and we were thankful for them. In fact, is that same passage where we talked about widows. Uh, they had a widow's list where the church helped out because they didn't have a husband anymore, and they were older. And women were not allowed to be put on that list unless they had actually carried out service ministries. It, it says that um, she had a reputation of good work. She had brought up children. If she'd shown hospitality to strangers, she had washed the feet of, feet of saints. She had assisted those, assisted those in distress and devoted herself to every good work. It's not that women don't have a place and it's not valuable. Let's face it, pastors and teachers cannot do their job unless people are doing those kinds of things. It all works together. It is a partnership. There's no other way about it. And we need to understand, and Gina read the the passage earlier, that our children are an inheritance from the Lord given to us to raise for Him. That includes both moms and dads. Those things are important. We, they are indeed to be treated, and you need to know that your role is simply more than a maid and more than a cook. And by the way, guys, if your wife makes a meal, please acknowledge that. If you have dirty socks, please make our job easier. I don't care. You, you can even do the wash if you want, but at least get them in the hamper, you know, that kind of thing. There was a teenager a number of years ago, and you'll notice by the uh, cost that he put on, he gave his mom, he came into the kitchen, put a note on the countertop, and uh, this note said this, cutting the grass, 10 bucks, and you can can read, and you owe me $34, and I showed this to somebody earlier, and they go, that's old, I said, yeah, that's old, well, mom read the note, she didn't say anything, she just made her own note. Nine months of pregnancy, nighttime feedings, potty training, medical services, taxi service, academic tutoring, etiquette etiquette training, meal preparation, clothes and toys, etc. No charge, no charge, no charge, no charge. Kid thought he had a, a deal. 
hey, you know, you owe me. I always told my kids, do you have a bed to sleep in tonight? Do you, did mom get you uh, breakfast this morning? Yeah, yeah, okay, you got paid. It's a part of being a family. By the way, that's what we always, that's why it was always my attitude. This is part of being a family. That's what families do. He put on paid in full, canceled. Because when we catch the whole thing, we begin to realize that we take for granted a lot of things in life. And we absolutely do. Husbands, I propose to you that we do the exact same thing, not only our kids, but we do the same thing. We are to honor our mothers. And that goes on for a lifetime. Obedience is till you're out of the house. Honor goes on forever. And that's what we need to make sure that we do. I got a poem and then I have a DVD because the last point, as, as you saw before, the last point is that men, uh, women want emotional connections. It's, it's pretty humorous. It's true, but the, what I have is humorous. But one last thing about cooks and maids. I found this poem, and I'm horrible at reading poetry, so bear with me, uh, but I think you'll appreciate that. If you hear anybody laughing really out loud, it'll probably be my wife. I don't think she's ever heard this poem before. It's entitled, When I'm an Old Lady. When I'm an old lady, I'll live with each kid and bring so much happiness just as they did. I want to pay back all the joy they provided, returning each deed. Oh, they'll be so excited when I'm an old lady and live with my kids. I'll write on the wall with reds and whites and blues, and I'll bounce on the furniture wearing my shoes. I'll drink from the, I'll drink from the carton, then leave it out. I'll stuff all the toilets, and oh, how they'll shout when I'm an old lady and live with my kids. When they're on the phone and just out of reach, I'll get into things like sugar and bleach. Oh, they'll snap their fingers and shake their heads when I'm an old lady and live with my kids. When they... When they cook dinner and call me to eat, I'll not eat my green beans or salad or meat. I'll gag on my okra, spill my milk on the table, and when they get angry, I'll run, if I am able, when I'm an old lady and live with my kids. I'll sit close to the TV, through the channels I'll click. I'll cross both eyes just to see if they stick. I'll take off my socks and throw one away and play in the mud till the end of the day when I'm an old lady and live with my kids. And later in bed, I'll lay back and sigh. I'll thank God in prayer, then close my eyes. My kids will look down and with a smile slowly creeping, will say with a groan, she's so sweet when she's sleeping, when I'm an old lady and live with my kids. I thought that kind of really kind of put that to an end because there is a time when we have a responsibility and the they cared for us, we need to care for them. And that's absolutely it. One of the biggest complaints I get, and Todd, you can queue up the, the um, DVD. I found this. It's actually an advertisement, and that's not why you're being, it's being played. But, but it's called the doghouse. Men, please, uh, I don't want you to necessarily exactly what this says, but here's, I hope you get the message. Because it tells us that men... We are to love our wives as we love ourselves. We're to nurture and cherish them. I hope this, in a very humorous way, at least I find it humorous, will help you in that direction just to catch that our wives really do want an emotional connection. They don't want to simply be mom and a maid and a cook and your wife. They want you 
to emotionally connect with them and see things a little their way and deal with it that, in the, that direction. It's called the doghouse, by the way. Bye, the car. Right. Here we go. Here it is. Okay. This is my anniversary gift? Yep. A vacuum cleaner? Dual bag. This is the best vacuum cleaner you'll ever have, baby. Get in there. What? <clears throat> Not a big fan of that look. I gotcha. Immemorial. When men have messed up, they get sent here by their wives or girlfriends. Fold. Yeah, but I don't deserve to be here. I didn't do anything. Every man in the doghouse thinks he's innocent. Isn't that right, boys? <laughs> Look, all, all I know is that I got my wife this really nice gift, and then now here. What'd you get her? This brand new tool bag vacuum cleaner, actually. Yeah, that boys, we got our vacuum cleaner. You're a fool, man. <laughs> oh, it was dual bag. And Doolbag doesn't know why he's here. <laughs> I realize it's not the most romantic gift, but there are many reasons a man can end up in here. I told my wife that staying home with the kids was a heck of a lot easier than having to actually work for a living. See, a lot of guys end up in here during the holidays because they give their wives thoughtless gifts, like a vacuum cleaner. I got my wife extra RAM memory for her computer as a gift. I even... Attached a note that said, thank you for the memories. It didn't go down very well. That's Oscar. He's been here so long, this plane lost his mind. Legend has it he gave his wife a mustache waxer during the holidays. What is that on your lip? How do you get out? It's real hard. I just got reviewed last week. I went up before this review board. Let's review your fence. Oh. Merry Christmas. Seriously? What? Thought you'd want to tighten up that jelly belly, no? Think you're ready to rejoin your lovely wife? Oh, yes, ma'am. Donald, I'll be candid. If I had my way, you wouldn't even go before this board. I don't know what I was thinking when I gave my wife an abscisor as a gift. Stupid, stupid, stupid. So next time you get her something truly nice, like a gym membership, perhaps. Exactly. I mean, no. I wouldn't get it then. I wouldn't get it then. I wouldn't get it then. Oh, please. Stupid. I just want to get out of here. You like that? Apologize. Yeah. Did I fool you? Yeah. I didn't fool them. Set up. Trick question. I'm out the door. 
Work on the folding, Donnie. Yeah. Bye-bye. Is there any hope? Can you get out of here? One man got out. Arnold. Help with the cooking. Stop checking out other women in restaurants. He sent us this. Offered to change. Arnold's wife let him out of the doghouse. Not sure how he did it. I'm not telling you you have to go buy a diamond necklace. That is not the point of that. But here's what it comes down to. We are to be partners and companions with our wives and, and uh, the mothers of our children. And we have to understand, it is sometimes a thankless job. It is a valuable job. And sometimes we treat it as just, okay, it's a run of the mill. And I, w- I just want to encourage you. I told you we'll end a little more humorous. But I want to encourage you. Guys, it's not about you. It's about your wife. It's about the mother of your children. And whether you're, you're looking back and looking at the future generations, we need to make sure that motherhood is seen as important, valuable. And we need to operate in that direction. We need to make sure that our wives have us as a spiritual leader. Doesn't mean wives are off the hook. It's not some, you know, on a little pedestal because, let's face it, it said if they bear children, they'll be preserved through bearing children. If they continue on virtuously, the teachers of the next generation, oh, there's an absolute responsibility that goes with being a mother. And there's also the recognition of that. Let's all stand together as we close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we have the privilege of knowing you and you speaking to us through your word, through your Holy Spirit. And I pray that today in particular that we would honor those who are so important and so valuable in our lives, the mothers of this world. Lord, help us to go out of our way to see that and to make this a very special day for them. Lord, thank you for showing us that this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless. Go with God.